0: Change, questions, boundaries.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Heather Vickery. Welcome back to the Brave Files podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with us this week. Hey, did you know that I do a weekly live show called Brave in Action? I do, and you can join me every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Central for a short live show where I share some simple ways to invite more bravery, peace, and joy into your life and into your business make sure you're signed up for my newsletter so that you can get easy access to the live show links and hear what each week's topic is. Visit vickeryandco.com slash social to sign up. I look forward to seeing you. I'll be able to tell that you're there and I can talk directly to you. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, y'all, this week's conversation was so much fun. Formerly known as John, and now Quinn the Eskimo, He joined me to talk about his journey through an incredibly conservative Christian life into one of questions, so many questions. And the more questions Quinn asked, the more he discovered was possible. This eventually led to a total life transformation, new opportunities, a completely new way of being. I think Quinn is so much fun. This was a fantastic conversation. Come along on the journey with me right now. You're listening to The Brave Files, where we share stories from people who've stepped out of fear and into bravery in every possible way. What we know for sure is that when we choose bravely on purpose, we choose bigger, we win bigger, and it's contagious. It's our hope that these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement that enriches both our lives and our communities. The Brave Files is brought to you by Vickery & Co., a success and leadership coaching firm dedicated to helping you build a life and a business that you are absolutely in love with. Vickery & Co. offers group programs, membership communities, one-on-one coaching, VIP days, corporate trainings, workshops, keynote speaking, and so much more. Visit vickeryandco.com. To get all the details. Hey, brave ones! It's Heather Vickery. Welcome back to the Brave Files podcast. Y'all get to meet my new friend. I decided we're friends, Quinn. I hope that's okay. You get to we're meet <laughs> <definitely friends>. <laughs> <laughs> my new friend, Quinn today. Quinn the Eskimo. Which I have to tell you, my 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 daughter, my nine year old, this morning was like. Is he really an Eskimo?
0: <laughs> hey, I have an igloo, actually. So, <laughs> okay. uh, All one right, of my well, TikTok followers <laughs> built me an igloo, and wrote my name on it. So,
1: I love it. We'll have to talk more about that <laughs> in a second. Uh, Quinn is uh, a really fascinating guy. I wrote in here, we'll see if you're going to like this or not. I put in a recovering Republican because I couldn't help it. Uh, or or Republican well, that has conservative. some truth to it. It has some truth to it. Who's <laughs> decided to share his story with us and connect with you folks in a really deeply and authentic way. We met on TikTok. You just heard Quinn say that, and y'all know I love the TikTok, which I apparently say with my Midwestern accent, and everyone thinks I'm saying TikTok, but whatever, (laughs) I'm not. Uh, Quinn is a teacher, a leader, a creator, a guide, a musician, and he tells me that he's afraid, but he's ready. Quinn.
0: I am afraid but ready. Welcome yeah. to the These Brave are the Files. most exciting times in your life when you're afraid but you're ready. Yeah, that's... You know, because there's only potential ahead.
1: It's my whole business, man. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Brave Files, friend.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's quite a welcome.
1: I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Um, so just for folks listening, uh, Quinn is not your given name, but it is the name that you now go by and embrace. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's true. Actually. I, um, I kind of had, I I think of life as like TV shows and series, uh, you know, (laughs) seasons and, and I I had season one and, uh, and my name was John and I was a certain way. And then I came to this like life, uh, this life change where I had to discover like, okay, who do you want to be in your next season? Mm. Uh, and so I took the name Quinn to kind of exemplify the mission that I came
1: up with. I really love that. I love that concept because we do know that life is is seasonal. Um, I hadn't really thought of it like TV series seasonal, but it's yeah, it's a really impactful, you know, kind of way to embrace that we do, or at least I hope we all do shift and change. I mean, it's kind of a bummer to think that we stay one way always at all times, and there are oh, really we people out there don't. who do it, but most of us <laughs> don't because life creates change, like. If you're actually That's out right. there living it, so
0: there's one of those words.
1: I change one of your words. Yeah, <laughs> see, I love my three words. I love them. Um, or the your three words, but I love the fact that we do it in every single episode. Okay, so can yeah. you give us a little background on season one, the John season?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I grew up in a very religious household. Uh, my my family are actually all pretty famous Catholics. We've all been in ministry for a long time. And um, I I was always kind of the black sheep and the rebel of that, even when I was in ministry as well. Uh, But I I raised a family. I had eight kids. Holy shit.
1: you have eight kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So like a good Catholic uh, boy. And, and I was married to a horrible woman who is was uh, <laughs> bipolar. Uh, oh, but mental health doesn't make you her. horrible,
1: but she may still have been horrible. Well,
0: she, yeah. We'll disagree to disagree on that per- specific example, but uh, yeah. And I, and that was my thought actually is that, she, Hey, she's sick. I have to take care of her. Mm. Those are my vows. Also right? not fair. And yeah. so I stayed in yeah. a toxic relationship for 25 years as I raised my kids. Um, And, uh, and, you know, I ran a lot of businesses, I was, I was successful, it was kind of a type A personality, very, very conservative, very family oriented. And, uh, and then season two, I became Quinn. (laughs) And basically, that was when my kids, when my kids basically, like, uh, didn't need me anymore, you know, they're Mm -hmm. growing; they're all over the place. Four of them are in the US military. Uh, And so all of a sudden, it was like, you worked so hard and your entire identity was being a dad. Um, right. and now what do you do? <laughs> Who are you? What's your purpose? And so like I told you, I think when we talked earlier, I, I ended up getting quarantined and spending, spending, uh, the first part of COVID stuck on a beach in Florida. I literally, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. In fact, I, I, I lived in like six countries this year, all on the beaches. And I'm like, there's nothing like my home beach, mm. but it was miserable because <laughs> I was like, all day long, I would have to sit on the beach and just think because I was like, who am I? What am I going to do? Like, what's my <laughs> purpose? Like, And after a while, it, it's like Tom Hanks on the on the deserted islands. You know, you're like, this place isn't so great.
1: <laughs> Existential crisis on a beautiful beach. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's
0: better than a snowstorm, I guess. But boy. It's
1: true. Some you of feel us...
0: like you should be happy on a beach, though. You know, I... you feel like, God, I should be like really super happy and excited. But, you know, when you don't have a purpose, you can't do that.
1: You know what? That's an interesting concept, though. Um, And I come up with this a lot. So I'm certified in positive psychology. Folks who listen to this show know all the time. I've written to gratitude journals. Gratitude is really important to me. And that whole concept of, well, we should uh, be grateful for everything and not feel bad, or we should love this. And I'm, you know, fuck should, because you (laughs) you can and do as humans, we we f- can feel grateful and sad at the same time and you and we can enjoy the Absolutely. beach and wish we could go somewhere else at the same time. And we can be struggling and still admit that our struggle probably is not as bad as lots of other people's struggles. And so, you know, yeah. well, people may
0: not see our struggle either. Th- and, totally. and then they impose that on us. Like, you know, one of the, one of the examples that I used, uh, when I was in Costa Rica, I met this beautiful uh, young woman from the Netherlands. We became very close. She called me her American dad. And we <laughs> just sit and talk for hours. And uh, and, and and one of the things that, that we ended up talking about was her looks, actually, mm. and the fact that like uh, when she's depressed, people are like they don't understand it. They're like, well, what what do you? Have to she's be still
1: depressed beautiful. About?
0: Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And there's a lot of us who suffer with things like that. Like we may have a successful business or we may have lots of money or we may be beautiful or whatever. It doesn't mean that inside we're not wounded and depressed and suffering with the same exact things as the rest of the people, right?
1: Absolutely. So,
0: and the, but then that 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 idea is forced upon us and then we feel guilty for mm-hmm. being depressed or mm-hmm. we feel like there's something wrong yeah, with us, that. right? There's something <laughs> wrong with us. We're, we're normal. We all go yeah. through this stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so so Quinn, can we chat a little bit about your sort of personal transition from being very conservative to going, wait a minute, I have questions. And, and I deeply, I love that. So the very first video of yours that I encountered on on TikTok was mm-hmm. you describing this moment of, wait a minute, I have questions. And- uh, there's I,
0: the second word. And I
1: think- <laughs> I know. I didn't even know I wasn't even looking at your three words, but (laughs) I I believe that is the gate that opens everything. And the gate to oppression of any group of people anywhere is keeping them dumb and not asking questions. Uneducated and not asking questions. And so we change when we when we ask questions. And it's the one thing I've always hoped to instill in my four daughters is don't just believe even me ask questions
0: hundred 100%. percent, yeah, 100%. so yeah, can
1: you tell us about about that shift for you? because it was a pretty massive shift,
0: well, yeah, absolutely and and you know, the thing about these questions, too is like, When, when we, we, we talked a little bit about conservatism and religion and politics, so on and and so forth. But uh, there's, there's a book, there's a story from the Bible, actually, that's that's an interesting one that pretty much everybody knows. It's like when this child is acting up and all the adults around are like, "Ah, get rid of the kid. And and Jesus is like, no, 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 unless you're like this kid, you're not going to heaven. And, and I've thought about that and I'm like, what is a kid like? And you know what a, a kid is like? Why? 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 (laughs) Why? That's what the kid's like. My daughter used to say this incessantly. I had to actually start this thing where I would distract her by saying, because it's time to mow the lawn. And she'd go, huh? And like, go look out the window. I'd be like, I got a break, right? But that's what kids do is they question. And what we do is we tell them stories. That's what we do. We start with Santa Claus and the tooth fairy and this and that, right? Ichabod and Crane, the Headless Horseman, right? And as they get older, they start to question those stories. And I don't know, I saw Dad under the Christmas tree with the Santa <laughs> Claus costume on. Mom was kissing him. Yeah. Wait, maybe Dad is Santa Claus, yeah. right? Yeah. Wait, what about Billy's dad? <gasps> maybe all dads are sick, right? We start to question and then we get more stories. And one of the stories we get the most is religious religious stories. And we get them 365 days a year, right? And so the problem with that is just like you said, when we get these stories, what happens is the religious the religion story says don't go any further. It says don't question, and if you do have to question, ask us, and we'll give you a stock answer. Right? But they they tell you you have all the answers. The answers are Jesus, <laughs> right? Jesus and that's, is that the that only one. Is that, the it is so <laughs> that is the conservative movement today. That is <laughs> the conservative movement in America today. It's the Jesus movement. It's we have
1: all the answers. This is that blah well, blah. You know. So, but it's not. It's not. It's the fake Jesus movement, and I'm I'm oh exactly I'm an agnostic right, exactly. I right. believe in spirituality so and something and all of these things. So, and I also I am I believe in freedom of religion. You can believe whatever you want as long as your beliefs whatever don't you take like. away somebody else's rights.
0: Right. Um, exactly. And
1: this movement, you know, I have a lot of really good friends. I have some incredibly close friends who listen to this show who I know for a fact are incredibly religious Christians. Um, sure. Me too. And they teach me a lot of really wonderful lessons about not making assumptions because it's hard because I'm a member of the LGBTQ community and I have been persecuted, right. specifically <laughs> targeted exactly. by this, yep. you know, I, uh, they're not really the party of Jesus, are they? Because they don't follow anything <laughs> no, that Jesus no, no. actually they're,
0: taught. Jesus wouldn't even recognize the exactly. Christians today. If he came back today, he'd be like a, an, an immigrant coming across the border and they'd have him in a detention camp.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, okay. Um, all right. So, yes, we tell these stories. You started asking questions. Yeah. And I think it was about a book.
0: Right. So so what I realized is like, I was like, I was like, Quinn, You thought all this stuff was true. And, and yet there are periods in your life when you were like, you were questioning still and you didn't really like the answers they were Mm -hmm. given. And so it's just started digging deeper. And there were all these different experiences that I had while I was a conservative Christian living in Texas. And each of them was like a little puzzle that said, you have these answers are not adding up. You have, you got, you have to keep questioning. And so, and that's actually why I, I, I named my, my new podcast, The Provocateur. I know. Because I know. my whole goal is just to provoke people. It's to yeah. conflict you. It's to make you a little uncomfortable. It's to get you to call me on my bullshit. Like fight with me, debate with me, think about this stuff, question everything. Like that's the whole idea behind it. Because when you start questioning that, then it leads you to growth. And we should never stop questioning. We're never going to have all the, the right answers. And anyone who tells us we should stop questioning is part of the problem, which leads to our third word, which is boundaries. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I know. I have that so, on my list. Um, and I want to put a pin <laughs> in boundaries for a second because they are powerful and I have entire oh, yeah. you know keynote presentations on them. They are life changing. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of your pivotal moments was around a book.
0: Uh, Yeah, that was that was one that I think I made a video of. That's probably one of the videos you saw. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was a it was this thing, this whole uproar about uh, like I think it was like Obama getting off a plane or something. He was carrying a book or whatever, and I don't even remember. I could be mixing up stories, but there was this basically this book became like super famous, uh, right? And it was uh, Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. And I mean, that's all we heard for like a year and a half on Fox News. Ah, oh, the evils of Solinsky and these <laughs> rules for like ah, right? And I, at the time, I was meeting weekly with these with these uh, four guys, and, and we basically just you know shot the shit about everything, right? And and these guys were all very conservative, and they were going crazy over this book. Ah, can you believe it? We're all turning into socialists, ah, And I and I asked them this simple question. I said, you know. Have any of you guys ever read the book? Because I hadn't. Uh, and I was like, I was taught that if you want to know something, then go read the book. Don't talk about a book you never read. That's ridiculous.
1: I appreciate that from your very Catholic family. Because <laughs> right? like, a lot of conservatives don't yeah. in- or encourage reading.
0: Well, and we were encouraged to read certain things, to be perfectly honest. I mean, we grew up with a library, not a TV, but, uh, and and my dad, my dad did encourage us to read uh, some stuff as much as he knew to open his, his, mind, but there was a lot missing too from those libraries. They were very one-sided. But okay, it did give enough. me a love for reading and it gave me a knowledge that when you want to learn something and you want to speak about something, you ought to at least go read the book. And so all these guys said they they started blustering. Oh I I, I read about it, I read about it on Fox News. Well you didn't read about it. So you watched somebody talk about something that they may or may not have read. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so I just couldn't believe this. And so I actually ordered the book off Amazon and I read it and I was like Oh my gosh! Like, and it was a decent book. It wasn't like great, but I was like, "This is nothing." Like I was told, like, there's nothing wrong with this book. It, it literally is just marketing and community organizing, and some of the ideas are pretty good. In fact, you, as conservatives, you're doing half of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. and, but it just it started to really make me, me question. Then, what is this agenda that's being pushed at us? This agenda of fear that's being pushed at us, and why? And it's just questioning, 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 and more and more stuff started to tumble to the ground. And so, yeah, and all these, like I said, all these little moments like that kind of came together. One of the other ones is when I I actually took a mission trip to Cameroon, Africa, and um, I became really good friends with this guy there. He was our bus driver, and he was a Muslim dude. First Muslim, I'd actually actually met in my life and sat down and had conversations and mm. we became like best friends and we were very very much alike we were both young fathers uh both worked in our churches uh this blah, blah. the only difference it was that he was a black muslim from cameroon and i was a white christian from america and at that time i thought random geography that's it we're literally just born somewhere. And I mean, listen, if you were born in Saudi Arabia, chances are you'd be a Muslim. If you were born in Muncie, Indiana, chances are you're going to be a Christian. It's just what it is. It's random geography. And so that caused me to question too. Are you from Muncie? No, I just made that up. That's just random. (laughs) My
1: family's in Muncie. I was like, that's so random. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Well, I don't
0: know. I got Muncie for some reason. So there you go. I was reading your mind. You're
1: right about that. Um, Travel to me is the most eye-opening experience ever uh, and you know yeah. it's interesting there's a a story that I know from somebody uh evangelical years years ago. This story is from like 20 plus years ago who did a mission to her and she, <laughs> she really wasn't there for the right reasons and and she's frustrated and you're trying to convert all of these people. <laughs> and finally, she just turns to them exasperated and said, Are you going to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or what? And I'm like, That's going to work. <laughs> oh my um, God. Versus doing what you did, which is have conversations and go, Wait a minute. Again, we're more alike than different, right?
0: Right. Well, and not only that, but like basically both of our faiths taught, hey, the other one's going to hell because we're right. And we'd spend centuries massacring each other across the world, right? Like, And to me, it's like, okay, why did this happen? Because we were born in a certain place in a certain culture. That's ridiculous. How can I think that he's going to hell because he was born there and I'm somehow going to heaven because of Muncie? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, so you question that, and then all of a sudden you start questioning everything Yeah. Again.
1: Yeah. Those
0: questions just keep coming. Ah, if they were wrong about this, what else are they wrong about? Right?
1: Uh-huh. I love tumble, that. Tumble,
0: tumble, tumble.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? Because then you go down that you go down that Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole and you go, wait, there's a whole yeah. new world over here.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and you have to ask yourself what it, I was. You have to admit I was wrong. I used yes. to believe this shit. Oh, and that's hard you to, have to say I was wrong. It's not just their fault. I was wrong. And if I was wrong about this, what else am I wrong about? And so you start questioning everything, everything. And and that's when you truly start to become a child again and you start learning. You know, when we're children, when we're like five years old, uh, it's literally the greatest time of growth for us. We're making over a million neural connections mm-hmm. every minute. It's ridiculous how, how much our brains are learning. And then we, we stagnate as adults. And the only way to get back to that is to get back to questioning like a kid mm-hmm. for a, Like, kids don't have to worry about where they're going to live, where they're going to lay their head, what kind of food they're going to put in their body. All they think is, look at the world before me. I have questions. It's a wonderful
1: thing. I'll push back a little. Privileged kids don't have to
0: worry about that. Well, that's true. That's true, of course.
1: I mean, I'm just, you know, it's important to acknowledge that because, yes, in this country, most kids don't have to worry about it, but not all. And it it just. But
0: but I'll tell you this my first trip overseas was to Haiti. So I'll push it a little bit back. And I I was somewhat, even though I was a poor kid in a rich town in America, in Haiti, I was very rich. These kids know where their next meal is coming from. And I'm going to tell you the thing that impacted me most there. Is that those kids? Those kids were happier than I was, and I was like, "What the mm. heck is wrong with me? Look at these these kids! Don't even know where their next meal's coming yeah. from, and yet they're happy because it's it's their life, and they're still children, yeah. and so they're still exploring the world, and they're still questioning."
1: Yeah, there is that that, yeah, that exploration you know? for so, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, we lose that as adults. We, we do. lose that. Yeah, we get we get we get sucked into just living.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. The rote, follow the rules, do the right thing. That's so much the core of the work that I do is like, wait a minute, put a pen in it. Let's look at it. Is this, do you like the way this feels? Do you want this for yourself? Do you want this for your business? Do you want this for your life, for your family? And if you don't, then be aware and be intentional (laughs) and create some change, and a huge part of that is with yeah. boundaries. So let's talk about you. boundaries. Is one of your words? Sure, um, sure. You mentioned it earlier. So as you're transitioning from the super religious, conservative life into one of exploration and questions, and yeah. uh, all of that, you you feel that boundaries really helped you. M- make that move. Can you talk to that a little bit?
0: Oh uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And, and I do a lot of teaching on this now because it's one of the ways that you can really get rid of some of the trauma that you've had because you either didn't or weren't able to draw boundaries before. And uh, and I'm going to take it back to the TV series, the TV seasons. Okay. You know, uh, what we see in a first season is, right, like here's this main character and they go through all this stuff. There's ups and downs and this and that. And then boom, it ends in this big cliffhanger, right? Season two is like six months later. They grow a beard now. They're in a different location, whatever, blah, 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 blah. It's a start over. It's a do over, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And, and then what happens is the same dang thing. They go through ups and downs, this, that, but that season two ends in the cliffhanger, right? And so, Sometimes in season two, you have some of the same characters. Sometimes you don't.
1: Right. You have some of the same
0: struggles. Sometimes you don't, right? And so what what I started to think about when I became Quinn was, this is your season two. Things are going to be similar in some regards, Quinn, but they're also going to be really different. And some of the same characters are going to be in season two, and some of them aren't. Some of them might return in season three right? We don't know. What we do know is season two is in front of us. And so I took a little picture of it, put it on a shelf so I can look at it when I want to. Season one is over. Season two has begun. And and that's why boundaries are so important because you have the ability to control who is in season two. Mm. And you do that through boundaries and boundaries are not exacted in a revengeful way, That's right. in a traumatic way, in a, in a, in a, ooh, I'm getting rid of you because you're a jerk way. No, boundaries are exacted because I have a mission to do in season two. I'm assembling a cast of characters and your audition fell flat. Maybe you'll be back in season three, but we don't, we don't need your character right now. So we're just going to take you out of here for a little bit. It's no big deal. And I actually ended up telling my family that to explain to them like how I felt because there's lots of judgment and this and that and sure. condemnation, of course. And I, I actually explained it to them that way. I listen, I love you guys. Thank you for being part of season one. You're not part of season two and hopefully you'll come around and you'll be part of season three.
1: Well, that's <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big, bold statement. Not everybody is willing to say you're uninvited right now until, you know, you can re-audition. You
0: <laughs> I mean, um, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. That's the way you gotta think of it. Like you, people are auditioning to be in your life.
1: Yeah. How did they respond to that? And you
0: get to say no. Well, I I mean, in various ways. Uh, They they responded a lot better to it than... Fuck you! Sure. Uh, I hate you, and you can't believe you did this to me or this or that. Yeah. They responded much better than if I just debated them and argued with them. So it's just, I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, I'm on season two of my life. They think I'm crazy, to be honest with you, but they're starting <laughs> to come around in little bits. And they're like, yeah, maybe. You know, the funny thing is, and and this is all about control. Like when when you have a gunslinger in the old west that yeah. comes in, and there's like problems, people are always really happy to see the gunslinger. And then when the problems are cleaned up, they're like, ah, eh, let's get rid of the guns. We don't like this guy around, right? And that was my role in my previous life. I was always the gunslinger. I was mm-hmm. always the guy who was in control. You need a problem, call Quinn. He'll take care of it for you. Sometimes people liked my methods. Sometimes they didn't, but they always liked the results, right? So mm-hmm. I was kind of known that way in my family. I'm the oldest of seven. You know, I was always that guy, right? This guy will take care of it. And, and so part of my whole trauma was like being out of control, it was like, I can't control this right now. Right. I, I don't know who I am anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm not really a dad, at least in the same way that I was before. I actually have time for myself and I have to figure out who you are, right? It was a total lack of control,
1: yeah. right? And so I and, think- And did like, that terrify you? Because yeah. most people are terrified when they realize they no longer have any control.
0: Um, it didn't terrify me, actually. What That's it cool. did is depress the heck out of oh. me because I didn't know who I was anymore. Okay. Um, and so I'm sitting on that beach and I'm like, you, you don't even have a purpose anymore, which is the worst thing in the world when you don't have a purpose. You don't know what you're really all about. Right. And so it didn't really terrify me. It just made me like unable to do anything and just depressed and sitting there like, well, who the hell are you?
1: So how'd you get uh, out of that? What
0: led to this point? Um, well, I basically got out of it, uh, I basically got out of it with the, with those three words that I gave you. Mm. Uh, the first is, is change. And that was what I've really figured out finally was, and this is why I took the name Quinn. I didn't want to be somebody who was like demanding and follow these rules and do this and do that. I wanted to be an attractor. And it comes from this Bob Dylan song called Quinn the Eskimo or the Mighty okay. Quinn. Okay, I was like, I knew and everybody knows the
1: Mighty Quinn, the right? I, I was like, it, there's right? got to be. <laughs> come all
0: without, come all within, you've not seen, right? Yeah. But the verses are what I love in that song because it's all about these townspeople who are going through this drudgery over their lives. And no matter what's wrong, every everything, all the verses end with the same thing. Quinn's coming to town. Everything's going to be awesome. Well, Quinn never even shows up. Uh, He's not even in the song. It's just the townspeople so excited that Quinn's going to be here. And I was like, that is the guy I want to be in season two. Mm. I want to be the guy that just brings smiles and happiness and love and people can't wait till I get there. Right, And so I decided my first word with change. I was like, I'm going through change whether I like it or not. What I can focus on in this moment of being out of control, the one thing I have control of is me. And so it, it sounds cliche, but change starts with me, right? And I I finally got that because I didn't have control over anybody else. I didn't have to take care of anybody else. I didn't have to do anything except take care of me. And I thought, I'm going to take care of me (laughs) and I'm going to change myself and become the next level. I'm going to go to the next place where I'm supposed to go in my life, become more powerful, become stronger, become more gentle, more kind, more intuitive, more knowledgeable, all these things. I can change this stuff about me and so that's what it was about. And, and, and I basically did that with my second word, which is questioning, mm, right? Yeah. Quinn, you were, you, you, you thought you knew everything before and evidently you didn't. So start questioning <laughs> everything. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I started to do. I, I literally just questioned everything. Like be, I became like a little child again. Why, 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 why? Right. Nothing yeah. could distract me. Yeah. I just like, I'm, I'm questioning it all. Religion, politics, my views, uh, history, Mm -hmm. things I learned in school, whatever, everything, right? And then the third was, I have this positive outlook on life right now. I'm in season two. I only need positivity around me. Yeah. Because I am not going to have negative people sticking pins in my balloon while I'm doing this. Yeah. And so that's where boundaries came in. I'm sorry, you've auditioned for season two, you fell flat sorry, maybe we'll see you in season three. And that, that, and so that was basically my mission. Uh, As I went forward, I decided to travel the world because I'd always wanted to do it. I decided I want to see more. I want to read more. I want to experience more. I want to taste more. I want to smell more. I want to whatever. Like I want to sit with people and learn about them and learn about their cultures and hear their stories and tell my stories and see what's in similar, see what's similar, right? See what's different. Learn, learn, learn. Uh, And so I started traveling And that's what I've been doing the last couple of years. I love it. It's been eye opening.
1: (laughs) It is the best education possible.
0: Certainly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you are, you have sort of folded travel into this 2.0 season two, Quinn, like you're building a new business around it. I
0: am now. Yeah, I, I really am. So I, uh, it's funny because when I was raising my kids um, and when I was a, I was a full-time musician on the road and I, and I had seven kids and then my wife became pregnant with our eighth and she had this extreme case of placenta Provera. She, she had to go in the hospital for like a couple of months. Oh, wow. And so I had to basically cancel all my, t- all my tours come home and raise seven kids by myself. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Uh, wow. this is hard. Uh, so I did it. I figured out a new career by doing it, everything else. Well, but the hardest part was having no adult communication. Yeah. I, I was like only kids. And so I used to watch Grey's Anatomy, which was popular at the time. <laughs> and because it's like one of those shows you don't even have to watch. You could be folding laundry, making lunches, whatever you want, right? You can just hear it and you know what the story is. You know the voices and the personalities of the characters and so on. And literally like, it sounds crazy, but these people became my friends, you know, like sure. George and Alice and Izzy and uh, Meredith. Oh, I was like, all right, I have some adult speak (laughs) right now (laughs) right Grey's anatomy was my
1: social circle
0: (laughs) i mean honestly it really was um and so i one of the things that they they talk about in there this teaching hospital is the whole idea of like their their teaching program right which is which is like watch one do one teach one Mm. right And it kind of became my motto. I love that. Watch one, do one, teach one. And so when I started the season two of Quinn, like, Quinn, go figure out who the hell you are. I wasn't thinking, Quinn, how can you impact the world? I've already, I already impacted the world plenty in my former life. I wasn't thinking that. I was just thinking, Quinn, go fix yourself. Go figure Mm -hmm. out who you are. Right. And so that was, that was like, all right. I had watched this for years. I used to have maps on my wall and watch YouTube shows of people traveling and Anthony Bourdain is my like uh, hero h- loss, heroes, yeah. right? Like I've watched this stuff plenty. I was like, it's time for me to do it. Watch yeah. one, do one. Right. And so I did that for a couple of years and, and now. I'm at the teach one. And so I am pumping out content left and right. I, I, I know what I have to share. Now people have started to be impacted by my TikTok, which is, I never planned for that to happen. It was literally (laughs) just documenting my life for me. Uh, And now people are being impacted and their lives are being changed and people are reading my blog and people are asking me for podcasts. And so I'm like, all right, it's my turn to do this. I'm going to do this. And so I am, yeah, I'm blowing it up. I'm becoming a content uh, machine. (laughs) uh, trying to share everything I've learned and, and just love people and, and help people in their journey. Yeah. Well, that was my question
1: is what is it that you want to help people with or to help them do with your message?
0: Uh, I think there's a couple of things. Like, number one is start to think about things in a different way. Mm. Several of the books I'm reading right now are writing right now are about that. It's, it's just questioning things and thinking about them in a different way. Everything from, uh, like you mentioned privilege before. Mm-hmm. And, and you really see that when you start traveling around the world. Like, it, it, so I, I want people to start questioning where they grew up. And where they live, and why they think the things they do, because of that, right? And what people think across the world, like you know, one of the one of the things that that I started to really discover as I traveled was like being around people that were different religions, yeah, and and realizing like, wow, so much of this is similar. And remembering back to classes I took in, 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 in college and stuff about, like, for example, Zoroastrianism, which is the first monotheistic faith, uh, and all of the, the, of the three major monotheistic faiths, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, came from Zoroastrianism. Mm. Half of their ideas were borrowed from Zoroaster. And so we start looking at these things and, and learning about these things and questioning these things. Right? That's what I want to do. I want to provoke people into thinking about, wait, why do I hold the views that I hold? And where did they come from? <laughs> right? What's the history there? Mm. Uh, when we look at the history of the church and, and we have all these Bible Christians that are out there, most of them don't even know where the Bible came from. They don't know that it wasn't around for 400 years after Jesus roamed the earth. Jesus has no idea what the Bible even is. <laughs> it was long gone by the time it came around. Uh, but so we start to question that and the way to do it is to just read history, look at history, yeah. travel, like go see these places, like walk in the footsteps of some of these, 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 Uh, people who you've been reading about and your eyes just start to open your your heart starts to open and so that's my mission right there is like is is do that and then it's also to uh, second fold is to give people systems for change and for growth like that's always been one of my big things is developing easy simple systems where people can make quick concrete effective change uh, and so that's what I'm doing now. I'm starting to develop these things. Okay. Yeah. So for example, I've taken, uh, I've taken like my whole experience of, of kind of healing from my trauma and moving on to who I am with the seasons of, mm. th- of TV. And I've, I've developed that into a philosophy of like working with, with people and coaching people and helping them get over their trauma, mm-hmm. uh, without use of therapy and, and move on to just be in the shiny, happy human beings are supposed to be.
1: Sure. I'm a, I'm a fan of therapy, but I, I think that there are a lot of other ways to support yourself right? Um, either instead of, or in addition to, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And well, and one of the things that I'm also doing is like, I, I'm starting to to realize in my personal life and, and, and as I'm traveling around, like, okay, it's not that the things that we have are bad. It's that things have to evolve and change. Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with therapy. It's wonderful. We came to, we, we didn't even used to do that. Well, now we had therapy, and that was wonderful. We had counselors, blah blah blah. And then we had life coaches. They're like, "Ah, oh, we can do it better. We don't need your certification with it, blah, blah blah." And life coaches have been very valuable. A lot of the counselors are going back and getting life coach certifications, mm-hmm. right? So, in other words, it's all about change. It's all about evolving. And 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 so now that I that I'm aware of that, and all I have to do is discover it.
1: Mm. And so that's what
0: I started to do. I, love that. I started to discover there's nothing wrong with, with religion per se. We needed it for a certain period of time. That's time for something different. Yeah. There's more out there. There's more out and there. I figured out what that is for right now. Right. There's nothing wrong with therapy. Yeah. Right. There's nothing wrong with, with life coaching. There's nothing wrong with dealing with your trauma. That's a wonderful thing. I have figured out a better way to do that. Hmm. Uh, that's all. We're just evolving and changing and growing. And yeah. some of these things are going to be better and some of them aren't, right? Well, and but but the whole is idea different. is keep being innovative. Yeah. 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 Like why stay with what we have? Like keep being innovative.
1: I'm with that. I'm with that. And like, and remember that the there's tree. not a one size fits all solution, right? It's going to be, not. we're different. We have different experiences that have led us to this moment. And so that's right. I always tell folks, take what you want, take what sits and resonates and inspires you. and. It's the oh, yeah. rest and it's okay because it's, it's inside yeah. work.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing that I think is starting to change in the world. You said inside work. I love that because when we look at the four pillars of well-being, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, what we see, like, and I can talk about this for hours, but that'll be <laughs> quick. But But basically, like, two of those things are masculine, the first two. The second two are feminine. All right? And we're supposed to be a good balance of those yeah. things, whether you're a man or a woman. We're supposed to be a good balance of masculine and feminine. And we're supposed to be well-balanced in those four things right it'd be like if you just do two it's like going to the gym and just working out your arms and then you got skinny legs you look like a freak right <laughs> we're supposed to work out all four of them in yeah. a well-balanced way, but we don't do that our emotion side emotional side is is oppressed we're told not to have them especially right. as a man yes and you're yeah. and, and women are put down in the meantime we're like well yeah you're crying like a girl right yep. or things like yep. that mm-hmm. right so um and then spiritual is is controlled by religion, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is dominated by men mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. always has it. Right. So those two things are like skinny legs. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. the problem is that most of us in our lives concentrate on physical and mental. and We go, oh, well, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and meditate. I, I'd like to do that. Or I'm going to go ahead and do some yoga. I'm going to do this when I have time. It's an extra
1: instead of making. I know I time. should do this. But yeah. and,
0: and then when we do it, we don't even consider it work. We consider it like frivolity. We consider it like this is what I do when I'm done with my work. But no, no, no. That is work. It's It's the the inside work, work, like you said. And it is just as valuable as you getting up and going to your job every day.
1: Absolutely, it is.
0: Except for the fact that you're working for yourself and you're more valuable than your, you know, Stan who's like yelling at you in your cubicle. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So, like, that's the point. This stuff is work. When you sit and you meditate for an hour, uh, that is just as valuable as you going to work for an hour. And trust me, it'll bear just as much fruit. I believe so that's, that's you. That's yeah. the thing. We have to start thinking about those things as work and then, and then take the same responsibility with them that we would. Like, why would you, why would you get up and, and go to work? And, and, oh, no, I have to go to work. Well, how many times have you said, oh, no, I have to meditate?
1: <laughs> right. Can you,
0: out, can you go out and have drinks tonight? No, I'm sorry. I have to meditate. Right. Right. Can you help me move? I mean, you could say, "Well, no, I have to work," but could you say, "No, I have to meditate"? <laughs> <laughs> right? But you should be able to, right? It's just as valuable as going to right. work.
1: I, I <laughs> just totally as valuable agree. As that
0: conference call, so it's a mind shift, you yeah, know.
1: Yeah, prioritizing that time for well, we'll use the soft skill word, which is self care, but it is so much more than that. Uh, because when we don't prioritize and and maybe it's meditating, I don't particularly love meditating, but I do EFT tapping meditations, which I love. Perfect. Um, whether it's journalizing or visualizing, or whatever it is, what are the, what are the ways that you, um, do that inside work and prioritize it for Quinn?
0: Me personally? Yeah. Number one, I smoke a lot of weed, <laughs> uh, honestly, and sure. and, and, and I, that's actually what my next uh, episode of the podcast is on, uh, because there's a lot of benefits to smoking weed. But I, honestly, I think the biggest benefit is that think about a weed smoker. What do they do? They concentrate on those two things, emotional and spiritual. They're sitting there contemplating the universe. They're sitting there just you know playing an, an instrument and feeling, feeling the feels, right? They're not out there working. Work. Don't, you don't think of a, of a weed smoker is like, ah, oh, yeah. They're out there, like you know, Huffling. working on their yeah. degree or they're <laughs> hustling for for their money right now. They're like throwing a frisbee around, and appreciating nature. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, and and I'm making sweeping generalizations here, but that's okay. I'm a weed smoker, so I get to. So, but the <laughs> point is, what this can be is a valuable tool for you to actually sit there and focus on those other things. Yeah and so so that's that's the number one thing that i've done and then and number two is i've actually started to make like a schedule for myself during that time and lists of what i do during that time i've started to treat it as work all right and so i I time for example i'll say you're going to sit smoke a joint and meditate on on these three things for the next hour quinn right and and what you're gonna do is you're gonna get your make sure your hand pan's ready so you can play your hand pan and get in the right mood. And you're gonna have some snacks already there because you just smoked weed and you're gonna get hungry. We don't wanna waste all our time preparing food because we want our valuable med- It's just like boxing like a it. lunch to take to work. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so I love you it. <laughs> set yourself up for success and you go get stoned and you do your work. <laughs> and honestly, that's it, been life-changing for me. Um, uh, in fact, I, I started this thing for myself uh, about a year and a half ago called the 5 a.m. Club. And I decided I'm going to go to work in the mornings when I am most productive in these two areas, the spiritual and emotional. And I'm going to go to work and I'm going to treat it like work. So I started taking these things ahead. I said, I'm going to get up at five o'clock in the morning and I'm literally not going to do anything till eight o'clock in the morning. Like that's it, That's my that's my work time. And I did that for a very long time every day. I journaled the whole thing. I kept track of all my lists, the thoughts I came up with, everything. And it was extremely productive for me Mm -hmm. um, to the point where I I could get a little mystical here, but um, I, I actually ended up having like, uh, some really cra- crazy things happen because I was focused. On, it's, just, it's just like if you go to the gym, right? You work on your on your muscles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you expect will happen if you go to the gym every day for thirty days? You expect my biceps will be bigger. Sure. You Expect that I be toned. You know what to expect. You're going to be stronger and more powerful. Well, what happens when you go work on your emotional side? Yeah. What do you think happens there? Absolutely. Well, you're going to be stronger. You're going to be more powerful. Right, you're going to be fit and lean, emotion, and so we have to. The first thing I have to do when we start working on this stuff is we have to envision what will happen, so we believe it. And so I started envisioning this. I said, "I said, Quinn, what's going to happen when you work out your emotional and your spiritual side?" I started thinking all this crazy stuff, right? And I started to realize, like, you are going to become powerful. What's that power going to look like? And then, honestly. I hate the word manifest because it's been just stolen by Christians once again. Mm -hmm. But it it really was manifesting those dreams. It was living those dreams and working on those dreams until they became true. And I actually really did become very powerful in those areas. And I started my eyes started to become open. Actually, I've had so far in the in the time span I've been doing this, I've had eight mystical experiences of like uh, uh, all sorts of things, prognostication, for example, knowing things were going to happen. I've had things where I envision you have to go here and you have to wait there, Quinn, because there's a girl with blonde hair coming there Whoa, from France.
1: That's cool. Uh,
0: and, and then I go there and it happens. That's really cool. Over and over and over again. And I don't, I sometimes don't know. I feel like a toddler just learning how to walk, mm. like holding the couch as I fall. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just learning that, that there's mm-hmm. so much out there that we can do. And we're in tune in these four areas. Right. Um, I've had physical healings take place. I I've, I've acquired this ability to, to touch people and share their energy. And I've had physical and emotional healings take place because of that. I've, I've envisioned things for, for people that uh, like their life, what's going to happen to them. And it's come true.
1: That's cool. It's and a they're gift.
0: like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I was traveling with this guy named Alejandro for a long time, this Guatemalan guy, a wonderful guy, 31 years old. He's been in 32 countries already. He's just a, ah, an incredible guy. We were traveling together and I never had any of these happen with him. Like nothing, but I would talk to him about it. I would tell him, oh my gosh, then this happened. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Quit. Sure. Quit. He never believed me. I don't know whether to believe you or not. Like maybe you smoke too much weed. Maybe you're crazy. I don't know what your deal is. Right. And so at one point I I told him, I said, we have to go to this place, Costa Rica backpackers. He's like, well, we're going to go there. for?" I said, I don't know. We have to go there though. It's kind of on our way. We should spend a couple days there. Uh, we're supposed to meet some people we're supposed to meet these two guys we're on our way to puerto viejo costa rica i said they're gonna come with us to puerto viejo he's like oh god here we go again right and but he did it He, he, he trusted me enough to do it and so we went there and um i ended up meeting this girl there we started talking and i had one of these kind of mystical experiences and and basically for the first time since i had one of these Alejandro was in it. He wasn't there with us, but he was in this like prognostication of what was going to happen. Right. And basically it was long story short, but it was that he was going to end up living in France. There's a lot more, but just say living in France. That's the important part uh, in the future. And so I I ended up telling him about it. We're sitting here. It's our last day. Like literally the car has started and I'm like, we just have to wait a little bit longer. These two guys are coming. And he's like, Oh, no, no, no. I just, whatever. And so he said, well, tell me about this, this thing that's going on. So I I told him what happened with this girl. I said, I said, yeah, the weirdest thing is you were in there and we visited you in France where you were living. And he goes, Oh no, no, no. I I would never live in France. I said, well, I I said, I'm just telling you, dude, this is what it was. (laughs) And he goes, well, I'm going to need some confirmation for that. This guy walks around the van. And he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And and I go, "Oh my gosh, I've been waiting for you." I knew immediately he was one of the guys. I said, "I've been waiting for you." And he looks at me like, "What?" I go, "Yeah, you're going to come to you're going you're going to come with us. I've been waiting for you." But that's so weird, like and I'm sitting there thinking for a minute. And so he starts talking to Alejandro. And Alejandro goes, "Hey, what's up? Uh, where are you from?" And he goes, "France." <laughs> and Alejandro just looks at me like, "Oh my gosh." And, and he's like, "What's wrong?" And I go, "Yeah, it's so weird. There were two of them." One second later, another guy walks around. It's his best friend. They're traveling together. He's uh-huh. also from France. Uh-huh. And we go, "Where are you going?" They go, "Well, we're going to Puerto Viejo." So the car's ready. Hop in. We've been waiting for you.
1: Wow! <laughs>
0: and so we ended up traveling with them. But but that was that's the kind of like stuff that that has been happening. And yeah. it's and, and like I said, I don't, I don't know whether it. it, it It's all true necessarily sometimes. I really feel very strongly about it. But I'm also a very logical, analytical guy, and Mm a lot of people feel things. So it's nice when the confirmations happen through other people. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that says, ah, perhaps you're on the right track. Most of it I just laugh about, and I think, ah, what can I learn from this? I don't really care whether it's true or not. Sure. But so far, it has been. <laughs> I love
1: that. I love that. And there's so much yeah. more than we can know, and so much. This more. is a whole another podcast episode. Maybe we can talk about it on your podcast. To me, like the whole quantum physics of that, the creation oh, of, yeah. of of the of the then now. Um, right. Right. Like. Sure. All of these things really happening at once on parallel planes, and and people think I'm right. crazy too. But I 100. percent no, you know what that I, those things People are
0: always thought innovators and people who are moving forward and coming up with stuff were crazy. I know, They, right? they thought people who discovered the world was round was were crazy, right? Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I
1: know. You I know. know,
0: the the first person who did surgery, I'm sure was you know. I know, right? Let like, me what, cut what? you're, you're going to take a knife <laughs> and cut someone open, right? Like, I, I mean, you're crazy, <laughs> yeah, right? For sure. You know, I went to this doctor a couple of years ago who who had this like miraculous like healing methods. Uh, people come from all over the worlds here, and and I was like, yeah, my, some of my family got. I was like, all right, I'll give it a chance. I'm I'm a complete skeptic. And she said something really interesting to me there. Because I I, would, I was making fun of her calling her shaman, witch doctor. Oh, what are you gonna do? You know, blah blah blah. I'm just teasing her, joking around. And and she says, you know what? The thing about it is, like, before things are known and popularized, everybody thinks that this yeah. new stuff is witchcraft.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: just because we don't understand it, yeah. so we make up a story to to explain it. Yeah. And I was like, "Ah, wow." It, like really lodged in my mind because of the way she said that. I was like, "Yeah, you're absolutely right." Yeah.
1: yeah. So I love that. I love it. Yeah. So all of this is so much growth and awareness and change and you you mentioned before we started the interview uh balancing your chi and I I love that. How do you celebrate once when, when when you have that thing that feels so great or success or whatever you want to call it? How do you celebrate?
0: Uh, I would say three things, uh, food, nature, and music. I love music. Uh, when, whether I'm depressed or excited or celebrating, whatever, it's always music for me. I pick up an instrument and, and I express that through, uh, through song. And the second one is, is just nature. It's like getting back to my roots. Like there's nothing like a walk in the woods or, or sitting on the beach and just listening to the waves crash or, and just going, ah, I did it. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and then the last one is food. Uh, and this comes, I think from, uh, I've had this for years. Like whenever I do it, do I have a big success. I celebrate with a great meal. Um, like I'll go buy myself a bottle of wine, and a steak and some shrimp and cook up a great meal and just go, you did it, buddy. Like it's, <laughs> I love that. Food was always a celebration yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, That's and, cool. and I love to cook too. So it's just joyful to dance around the kitchen to some French music and cook a great meal and. Savor it. I love it. <laughs> you need to do
1: a, a TikTok video of that. I want to see you with your French music dancing around the kitchen. I, I love it. I oh, think there are awesome. TikTok videos
0: out there of that. There are, <laughs> there are plenty of cooking videos in there. And even my story, actually, of a guy named Chef Jean-Claude who taught me how to cook.
1: That's cool. All right. I'm going to go check that yeah. out. You guys are going to all have to go check that out. Um, <laughs> I wish we could keep talking. If you find yourself in Chicago, I hope that we get a chance to connect and, and hang out in Absolutely. person. Absolutely. Before we wrap, though, I get to ask you what your favorite charity of, um, what, sorry, it will be our charity of the week. What is your favorite charity to ah, support?
0: Oh, Goodwill, 100%. I absolutely love Goodwill not just because it's a great place to shop uh, which it is but it's actually because of their mission and what they do and the people that they help. I've had a lot of experience like meeting meeting a lot of these people and the workers and uh, when I was involved back in business and stuff uh and Really, people just think of them as free clothes or cheap clothes, but that's not the case at all. Like they're they're employing people and training people and educating people that really nobody else would, (laughs) and taking care of these people. And I absolutely love that.
1: All right, so thank you. So
0: that's that is overall probably my favorite charity. Awesome.
1: Well, we'll put we'll make them the charity of the week. It's a good mission. I. Personally, I'll say this because if I don't say it, then I'm going to feel bad about not saying it. I don't love <laughs> the way they use their fundraising dollars because more goes to operating costs than to actual people. But
0: I actually agree with you. Yeah, yeah. and and that's starting to change, which I love. Oh, good. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. So, yeah, I've got a friend who who's president of a Goodwill board in in, in Texas, and he's done amazing jobs at that, that's which, I, awesome. which I love. So well, that's good. We got to gotta keep calling everybody to accountability to get better. Yeah, all the time. All so. the
1: time. I love it. Quinn, will you share your three words with us one last time?
0: Yeah. Change, question, and boundaries.
1: They're great words. I love them. And (laughs) I love how just, I mean, they're so you. They came up over and over. And y'all listen, I swear, I wasn't like looking at the three words. They're just... That is you. That is your story. There's
0: supposed to be those words, I guess, because I forgot I was supposed to come up with three. And when you asked me, I literally just made them up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I appreciate you playing along. Quinn, tell folks how they can find you, follow along, learn more, travel with you. How can they find Absolutely.
0: The best thing to do is go to my website, quinntheeskimorocks.com everything I do is on there from the projects I'm doing to blogs, my podcast links, TikTok, you know, everything. It's all on there. So, and and it will be on there regardless of what platforms do and what they don't do and which ones we're on at the time. So.
1: All right. Quinn the Eskimo Eskimo Rocks. Rocks. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. This has been <laughs> so much fun. Thank you for spending a little time with yeah, us and is. sharing your, your awesome, wonderful energy with everyone and just keep, keep <laughs> doing the, the things you're doing, friend.
0: 100%. I'll get you back and have you on my new podcast. I would too. love we'll that. Oh yeah. Another chance in conversation,
1: your podcast and where they can find it.
0: Um, well I just got news today that, that it's on Spotify now Congrats. I don't know if it's searchable yet uh, and on uh, iHeartRadio and you know all the all the, all the places uh, oh. but I'm I'm hosting it right now in Podbean Okay um, and the easiest way again to get there is just go to my website
1: Okay and what's the uh, podcast Quinn? called yes, well, remind everyone
0: It's it's called The Provocateur The
1: Provocateur <laughs> All right all right yes. excellent
0: Intended to provoke
1: Thank you so much Quinn
0: <laughs> You bet Great to hang out with you. We'll talk soon.
1: All right, folks, that was a lot of fun, right? So many wonderful moments. I'm going to have to go back and listen over and over again and pull those little nuggets of gold out. It was so much fun. I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. Go follow Quinn on TikTok. Follow me on TikTok. I'm at Heather. We're having a lot of fun over there. I don't know about everybody else, but I'm just over there to have a really good time. Listen, if you like the show, it means a lot. If you subscribe, rate, and review it, I tell you, it makes me feel really good. And sometimes I just need that extra support. So if <laughs> you want to do that? And if the work that we're out here doing moves you, inspires you, makes you laugh, lights you up, anything like that, and you would like to say thank you, You can do that by buying me a metaphorical cup of coffee. You can visit com, say thanks. And whatever you feel the content is worth, the free content that we put out, it would be amazing if you do that. I'm going to give you some love here on the podcast. Thank you out loud um, and and praise you and show all my gratitude. So com slash say thanks. I appreciate you. I love being on this journey with you. Until we get a chance to talk again, this is Heather Vickery reminding you today and every single day to go out and choose bravely. Bye now. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories of people living courageously. Visit us at thebravefilespodcast.com to learn more about the show, find our show notes, and access full episode transcripts. And we'd love to know what you think of the show. We invite you to connect with us via Instagram and send a DM. You'll find us at the Brave Files podcast on Instagram. Our music was created and produced in a custom collaboration with Matt Lewis from ML Creative Consulting, a boutique firm dedicated to helping clients identify their unique sound and amplify their brand with custom delivered soundtracks. Special thanks to everyone on Team Brave from our audio engineer to our producers, associate producers, copy editors, writers, and support team. The show wouldn't exist without them, and we are eternally grateful. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in.